still a work emergency today, huh? What happened? Uh, 500 other things I had to get done today. We got a uh, Monday. We officially grand open. So we've got like, I don't know, less than four days to get the building ready. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we can't do it. And I'm like, you could do it. And they're like, mm, we could. <laughs> but we'd rather have you here. Yeah, that's what happens when you're too important at your job. That's why that's why I keep a low profile. <laughs> and I'm like, name. well, as long as you sign my name correct on the check, I guess so. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You got to be good enough at your job that you keep your job, obviously, but not so good that you're, you know, indispensable. <laughs> yeah. Mistakes have been made. It's fine. <laughs> if you get for, uh, for being good at what you do, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. Words of wisdom. Mediocrity is the key to life. <laughs> hey, and on that note, much like this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's the cold open. Insert music here. <laughs> Two best um friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football? I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. OurLions.com, Pro Fantasy Football, Pro Football Reference, ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. And welcome in to the latest episode of the 2M Football Podcast. Your hosts today are Mike and Matt. What? And uh, yeah, right. Uh, that was a plot twist. I just take the place of a soundboard this week. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I got plenty of notes to read. You just sit back and insert sound effects as you see fit. <laughs> yeah, so once again, sorry we missed you guys last week. We didn't have an episode. We both got sick. Or we all got sick. It was the first week back in school for my kids. And you know how that goes. They've so many germs. <laughs> so many germs. How about the uh, negative 20 degrees that it is currently up here in Wisconsin? That has been fun too. Down down here, it was a nice warm negative nine. This wow, morning, single yeah. digits. What's it like? <laughs> Winter has come. <laughs> oh, I got that reference. And it was actually a very fitting weather in Green Bay this past weekend. Although, um, we're going to talk about that quite a bit. (laughs) So, yeah, we didn't have a wild card recap episode, which in the end kind of works out because wild card weekend was terrible. Oh, my God. It was the worst postseason, I think, in the existence (laughs) of mankind. Let's do a 30 second wild card recap. There was one good game. Everything else sucked. There we go. The average margin of victory in the six games played on wildcard weekend was 17 points. Uh, like that's a lot. It, yeah. <laughs> the biggest win being the Bills uh, beating the Patriots by 30. And yeah, only two games out of the six were even remotely close. And uh, 
I just want to compare that to last year really quick because people, I don't know why people were talking about this. Like it was the first year with this format. Uh, that's not the case. Last year, there were seven teams from each conference too. And the games were much closer last year. The average were just better or they, were they were more terrible. <laughs> Maybe more terrible. Uh, but last year, the average margin of victory was only 8.5. And the biggest win was just 12 uh, by 12 points, which did you remember the bears being in the playoffs last year? <laughs> Yes, I do, because I made that screw up earlier we don't want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I edited it out. They played the Saints. Mm-hmm. I had no memory of that. <laughs> I thought it was much longer ago than a year. But anyway, the point is, I don't think we can blame the format necessarily for how um, uneven <laughs> these games were. But yeah, the point is, it was uh, it was pretty disappointing in terms of quality <laughs> of, of play. So anyway, we're back today. We're going to talk about the divisional round of the playoffs, which I think is going to go down in the books as the best round of playoff football of, of the year. There was like a Super Bowl already in one of yeah, those games. That was the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that. A couple news items, and then uh, we'll get into our conference championship previews. What? So without further ado, let's go over a couple of the biggest headlines out of this week in in uh, no particular order. Is there a particular order? Uh, well, it's in order of when I saw these news stories and wrote them down in the notes. How <laughs> oh, that works. Uh, okay, so the first one, definitely not the most consequential, but uh, the Cowboys being one of the teams that were ousted from the playoffs on wildcard weekend. Uh, after the By game, a weird fluke. <laughs> yeah, I wish we had time to get into that because that was like the one interesting finish. Uh, it was crazy, but on uh, a lot of the blame for that loss has been pointed at Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys coach, for his offensive play calling, and uh, Jerry Jones, the team owner, was asked uh, about it about Mike McCarthy and if he's going to be back in Dallas next year. And his response was that he quote, has a lot to think about. Oh, that's comforting. <laughs> yeah. Right. That doesn't sound great. It's like, so boss, you want me to come back next year? Yeah, well, <laughs> give me a minute to think on that. Think about. Not a hundred percent sure. I like your tone. <laughs> a lot of head coaching rumors um, now being potentially tied to Dallas. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Another another one is that uh, became more of a reality after the Buccaneers were, spoiler alert, eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, Tom Brady is going to consider retirement now after this season. Doesn't sound like it's necessarily for lack of wanting to play, but he, he's talking about his family. Um, so we'll see. Uh... Statistically, he was just as good, if anything, even better this year than last year. So it seems to be a reoccurring trend. Right. Certainly isn't the body breaking down. Um, But yeah, we'll we'll see. One of the storylines to watch this offseason. Will Brady come back? Same thing with Gronk, less impactful, but they're probably tied together, I would imagine. Okay, here's the biggest one. This should have been the first one. We already I mean, got I don't a, want to say it, but... Yeah, Sean Payton has informed the Saints he is not returning to coach the team this year, or next year. 
There you go. That's been there like forever. Know, my mind's blown. He really helped uh, kind of turn that franchise around and got him the Super Bowl with Breeze. I mean, maybe it's because of this next point of like he doesn't want to deal with any of these repercussions. Yeah, the team seems poised for a rebuild. <laughs> They're currently $74 million over the salary cap. Which... If that's all? <laughs> uh, yeah, which means they will probably have a very different looking team come week one of the 2022 season than the, the roster looks right now. And uh, yeah, he doesn't want to maybe stick around for the rebuild. He's, he's given that city and that team enough. <laughs> I think that's more than fair. I, the funniest thing in all this, though, that I just feel the need to bring up of course is, you. is the Taysom Hill situation. Because I feel Go on. like, well, okay, we know Taysom Hill as a sort of a gadget player, part-time quarterback, part-time tight end, running back. You know, he, he can do it all, a Swiss Army knife sort of player for this offense. And I really feel like um, Sean Payton was kind of his biggest fan Right. And so much so that he got signed this year to this monster extension, this contract. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> oh, and then Peyton skips town. <laughs> Who knows? We have freaking nerds and leaves. I don't know what's going to happen here because, you know, Jameis might not be back. So it's totally possible that Taysom Hill is the week one starter next year, but it's also possible that he's not, in which case someone who didn't decide to sign him to that money is, is now responsible for him. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just find it funny. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird situation. Cause I don't think, I don't know, maybe some people are not surprised by it, but I was when I saw that Peyton would not be returning. I didn't even think about the roster implications on that, but yeah, that makes this uh I don't know, a sticky situation for whoever comes in next. Yeah. But I think, I don't think Peyton's done coaching in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did leave the door open. He didn't call it a retirement or anything. It sounds like he might do what uh, like Doug Peterson did, take a year off and then maybe throw his head back in the ring next season, you know, next year. Go blow some other team for $74 million over the <laughs> roster cap. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, does that mean? That's okay. Uh, but yeah, it's not wrong, actually. It is factually correct. <laughs> All right. Yes. And then um, the first of the, the hirings, at least the first one that I've seen come through, is the Bears hired a new GM, Ryan Poles, who has been with the Chiefs uh, the last several years as their director of player personnel. Yeah. And there was a lot of raving reviews about this. So. Um, I've seen a lot of good compliments about who he is and what he's done. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe this finally is the move that I think Chicago's needed to make for, I don't know how many years has peace been there. Too many, <laughs> too many. Yeah. Five, six, something like that was, so, I, I have, yeah, I didn't do the research beforehand to know the answer to this, but if he was there in Kansas city, when they drafted Mahomes, that'd be pretty funny because of course, you know, Mahomes and Trubisky were in the same draft. Uh, and the Bears obviously picked Trubisky and uh, maybe they're trying to sort of undo that and bring in the guy who made the right call that draft and <laughs> help draft Mahomes 
Maybe. We'll see. I'm interested to see their coaching hire to pair with this GM. That's yeah. kind of what I'm looking for. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I don't think there have been any head coaching hires yet. Uh, we'll. No, lots and lots of interviews. Lots but I haven't seen any hires. <laughs> yes. So we'll keep our ears to the ground on that and, uh, yeah, discuss that news as it, as it happens. Let's take the shortest of breaks and come back and recap the divisional round of the NFL playoff. You mean how we lost to the 49ers again? And we're back. Oh, and yeah, okay. I don't know why I put this game first in the list. Uh, but you just yeah. wanted to like irritate me because I live in Wisconsin now. So do you realize what I listen to? Yeah, I wonder what basis? what your experience uh, was after this game. A lot of pissed off people. Yeah, yeah. See, around here, I got a lot of gloating, a lot of texts making fun of me, and I was very sad. <laughs> Sounds about right. So let's set the stage. Yeah, the Packers hosted the 49ers. Packers were the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, 49ers were, I believe, they ended up being the sixth seed or something like that. Can I just make a quick note about that part? Mm -hmm. So both times we've been the number one seed, didn't end well. Last time we were the sixth seed, went to a Super Bowl. Interesting. It's a good call, and... I think last year the Buccaneers were the five seed in the NFC and obviously went all the way and won the title. And, mm-hmm. and, and as uh, we go through this, I wanted to note that the on the AFC side, the number one seed lost as well. So does the first round buy even help? I don't know. I feel like that's... Apparently like- not. Or just don't play the 49ers. Oh, yeah. This is... Uh, <laughs> it's been a running... I mean, it, it's... I wish it was a joke, but it's reality. The Packers have lost in the NFC Championship game like two out of the last three years. Well, good news this year, they didn't even get that far. <laughs> but they did lose to Thank a familiar. Goodness. They did lose to a familiar foe. Uh, fun fact, fun story. Last time the Packers played San Francisco in the playoffs was uh, I was in the delivery room and my son was being born, and my wife was cool enough to let us have the game on the TV. <laughs> Yeah, it almost that, ruined that, the mood. Freak! Well, yeah, <laughs> screaming at your newborn baby to shut up while Packers are losing. I'm I sure that would have went the off. Run. <laughs> yeah, baby um, comes out like you can run faster. <laughs> so, d- different round, divisional round this time. Same result. Wow, Packers consistent. Um, so this was a. Uh, my allegiance was a no way torn, but I just want to note that the 49ers were one of my playoff sleepers going up against, uh, you know, both of our favorite team. Of course, there was no part of me that wanted San Francisco to win this game. I just want that clear. <laughs> Did you sabotage this all, Mike? And it started about as well as you could have hoped for. Opening possession, Packers went straight down the field. Nice, long 10-play, 70-yard touchdown drive. Punched it in. 7 nothing Packers on a roll. And the defense was the defense awesome. looked great all night. They were so good. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't even have a completion until there were four minutes till halftime. Uh, they had three sacks just in the first half, one by Zadarius Smith, who was just coming back from injury. Uh, the Niners only converted one 
out of five on th- on third down plays. And towards the end of the half, they even uh, picked off Garoppolo in the red zone when they were driving to score themselves. Uh, so the defense so was promise. awesome. The, uh, the offense really sort of inexplicably to me stalled after that first drive where they went right down the field. Uh, they had one more chance right at the end to try and kick a field goal. (laughs) This is where I'm, yeah, if we had recorded Sunday night, this would be a very different tone coming from me right now. (laughs) I'm mostly over (laughs) at this point, but I was, I was enraged. (laughs) And this is like, this is one of those games that like, there's so much emotion involved, but like, Mm -hmm. even if you weren't a fan, it's like, the defense, which has never been the talk of Green Bay, right? Nobody right. talks about Green Bay's defense, showed up. But I just want to point out, and this is kind of jumping a little bit around in the notes, mm-hmm. our special teams, like you said, I don't know, what was it, week seven or something? Like, we can never have it all. Yeah. <laughs> our defense finally, after, I don't know, 50 million years, finally starts to click. The offense is what the offense has usually always been. And it's like, great. Who drops the ball this year? special teams no it can't it's gotta right no it'll be fine right it's no. start and it and it started and they've been special teams has been a weakness all season long it hasn't been fixed and they came through in the worst possible way here uh so yeah and it started right before halftime they, the packers had a chance to go up 10 nothing kick a field goal going to the locker room feeling good but no it was blocked so at halftime it was still seven nothing uh, the 49ers started the ball, started on offense in the third quarter, but they got set up right away with a really long uh, kick return by Debo Samuel. Took it across midfield, I think. I know that guy. Special teams, yeah. Special teams blunder number two. And that field goal ended up setting them up uh, for a field goal. So 49ers got on the board in the third quarter, seven to three. It's still, it felt like a very dominant seven to three, though, just given how good the defense was playing. But uh, that score, let's see, the Packers did add a field goal to get up 10-3, and then late in the fourth quarter is where everything went to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> a handbasket? It was special delivered. It, it was. It was hand-delivered. The uh, Packers were punting out of their own end zone after another fruitless offensive possession. And uh, yeah, this, I think it was the snapper, right? Or, or someone just completely whiffed on their block. 49ers defender comes screaming through the line, blocks the punt in the air, where it is caught by a 49ers player and then returned for a touchdown. And that tied it at 10. And, and at that point, it just felt like, you know, that was that when the drive started like, to set in. But it was like, okay, it's tied at 10. This is no problem. This is good. This is what happens. And it's like, I don't know. Right. Actually, I, I think know. I even texted you. There were about four minutes left at that point, right? And I was like, okay, perfect time. Let's just, all we need is one more offensive drive, get into field goal range, kick the game winner. Of course, yeah, that's not too what difficult happened. to ask for. It's fine. <laughs> Packers were forced to punt again, gave it back to San Francisco, who and this is where I got this is where I did get frustrated with the defense. They played such a great game. Uh, but at the very end, they couldn't figure out that it was Debo Samuel every single play. <laughs> the manager I mean, would just keep running I don't, it. I don't want to, like, you know, point fingers here, but, like, 
they were gassed. That offense couldn't put up points on the board, so that defense was just tired. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I don't want to like justify the fact that they blew it, but like, man, they were tired. Yeah, yeah, they they've been on the any- field, right? They've been on the field the entire game. So of course, San Francisco is able to run it. That's fine. (laughs) Able to run it continuously with Debo Samuel, get into field goal range, run the clock all the way down, and then our old friend (laughs) Robbie Gold kicked the game winning field goal. Yeah, that guy. He's back. As as time expired to go up thirteen to ten and win the game. And yeah, funny thing about that last field goal, (laughs) Packers. Matt, maybe you can answer this question for me. Do you know how many players can be on the field at a, at a time for one team? Uh, 11. 11, yeah. Okay, so not 10, the, the amount that Green Bay put out after a time. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Is that better than 12? I guess so, because at least <laughs> it's not a penalty. penalty. Sure. I'm trying here, Mike. <laughs> I so, can't yeah. justify it's stupid. Packers only had 10 players on the field for that final play trying to block the field goal. So, yeah. And that was all she wrote. That was all she wrote. 13 to 10 (laughs) was the final. And and yeah, my next bullet point is who to blame. (laughs) I mean, the easiest thing is to point the finger at the the block punt touchdown because that is literally what, what swung it the 49ers way. But how do you only score 10 points? You know how good this offense has been all season long? I put the blame on two phases. Special teams, obviously, because, again, here's a team that had special teams go all year without a blocked punt. And the first time it happens, conveniently, is when it's win or go home. That's the perfect (laughs) time to have your first blocked punt of the year. Mm -hmm. Totally not angry about that. (laughs) The other part I would have to say is the play calling. It did not make sense to me. Um, you kind of made a note of it here because there's truth to it. They seem to target Adams more now than almost any other point. And even if you throw it deep to Lazard, who could be down the field, and it's incomplete, you're still forcing the defense to back off. But this is exactly the same way that the 49ers beat Green Bay the last time. They double-covered Devontae, they slowed the run, and they beat the Packers at their own game. And here it proved it works again. Yeah, I'm pulling up the stats here. By is, this, time. is this real? I'm sorry. I'm saying I'm looking at this for the first time, actually. Okay, so Devontae Adams, nine catches, 90 yards. Aaron Jones, nine catches for 129 yards. And uh, only two other players even caught a pass. Alan Lazard, one for six. And Mercedes Lewis, one for zero. And then he fumbled and lost it. <laughs> mm, Mercedes Lewis, not too happy with that guy. I liked him for a while. Not my favorite yeah. player at the moment. Stick to blocking, I think. But yeah, <laughs> only, only four players caught a pass. That And three of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand the play calling. Unless it was Rodgers making the play calling, then it makes me feel like maybe he shouldn't be calling the plays. Right, yeah. Well, there's play calling and then there's execution, right? And it did feel like Rodgers was fixated on Adams even more than usual. 
So I don't know. Plenty of blame to go around, except for the defense. Defense played phenomenal. And uh, words I never thought I'd say. <laughs> the ghost of Dom Capers is finally gone. <laughs> yeah, f- that guy. But anyway, at the end of the day, it's another disappointing playoff exit. And uh, the, the team is sort of in flux again. We don't know if Rodgers will be back. Uh, much like Sean Payton, he says he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And that could be where this team is headed with a lot of lot of contracts ending after this season, also including Devontae Adams. So don't know if we'll have Rodgers, don't know if we'll have Adams. It's, uh, you just don't know. It would have been nice to get one more Super Bowl before Rodgers is gone. <laughs> I just would have been nice to at least go to one more Super Bowl mm-hmm. with him. Like, I, I know we always want to win, but, man, just even going to be like, yeah, we got one more in. All right, or how about win one playoff game? Come on. <laughs> or at least beat the 49ers in the postseason. <laughs> it's yeah, fine. So I'm, that I'm was, fine. Uh, I, I just felt sick. I'm not angry. Like, just, I, I was just sick watching the end of that game. And then, of course – the kids were still awake, so I had to go put on a brave face and walk into the other room. <laughs> kids, you're about to see your dad cry. <laughs> All right, moving on. The other game in the NFC, the Rams played the Buccaneers. And uh, don't worry, I have not nearly as many notes on the rest of these games. Um, this was a game that seemed like it would be closely contested. And ultimately it was, but... Not not in the early stages. The Buc- or the Rams actually built an early lead. They were up 27 to 3 in the third quarter. And that was when you pointed out to me that, <laughs> that the score was them. almost 28 to 3. <laughs> and I think you were you said something along the along the lines of like, oh, just wait. Well, because you keep watching like, this game and wondering, like, okay, when is Brady gonna remember how to play football? <laughs> when when are the Rams gonna make a mistake? And then both of those things happened. In the second half, and uh, yeah, the comeback was on for the Buccaneers. The the Rams lost four fumbles in this game, two by Cam Akers, both of them very very costly. Too one of them cost them points right at the end of the first half. They were on the goal line, and he fumbled, turned it over. Uh, and the other one was late in the game. They were up by seven, and he he fumbled when they were on their own like thirty yard line when the Rams were. And it's. To- And it's so weird just because I didn't expect this out of him because he was the go-to guy. And all of a sudden, yeah. Like he just fell apart. Yeah. At the worst possible time, Cooper cup lost a fumble. And then there was a, a snap. I think it went down as a Stafford fumble, but it was a snap that went over his head that he was completely not ready for. Got recovered by Tampa Bay. So the Rams, should have won this game easily, but they hand they they were trying to give it to Brady, and and he did tie the game at twenty seven late, uh, but the Rams were able to drive down one more time and kick the game winning field goal. So all as well that ends well, but this this should not have been as competitive a game as it. Well, it makes me nervous going forward too for this offense because I mentioned before when we were doing the previews for all these teams that the ones you'd give me, one of them being the Rams was the offensive concerns, ironically, by Matthew Stafford and his pick six right. commitment. Right. Um, but then what became even more strange was that he did just fine, and now all of a sudden they're fumbling the football. Yeah. 
It's like, really? Are, or is this happening right now? <laughs> yeah, so they've got uh, plenty to be concerned about, even though they are headed to the NFC Championship game. All right, let's flip over to the AFC, where the, the first game of the weekend, the Bengals went to Nashville to take on the number one seed Titans in a game that saw Derrick Henry back for the first time since week eight. And on the Bengals side, their pass rusher, Trey Hendrickson, was cleared to play from a concussion. So both teams coming in pretty much healthy. And uh, Bengals kind of set the tone, picking off Tannehill on the very first play of the game. A defender stepped in front of Julio Jones, uh, made a nice pick that led to a field goal. Damn Julio Jones. <laughs> so old. Then Jamar Chase... <laughs> Uh, Tamar Chase kind of did what he does and, and took a screen pass 50 yards to set up a second field goal, and the Bengals were up 6 nothing at the end of the first. Oh, what a stud. <laughs> he's Yeah, he's incredible. And But both defenses are playing really well early on. Not a whole lot of yards outside of the one big play. Um, but the, the Titans did get going into the second quarter. Thanks to who else? A.J. Brown, uh, as we figured out in the San Francisco primetime game a few weeks ago. When in doubt for Tannehill, just throw it to AJ Brown. <laughs> he's he's big and strong and fast enough that he'll 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 find a way to he'll, he'll take it and he'll go with it. He knows what to do with the football. Yeah, and uh, Derek Henry ended up punching in a touchdown from three yards out uh, from a wildcat direct snap. And then this was one of those where there was a defensive penalty on the extra point that put the ball at the one yard line instead of the two, so they decided to go for it, which ended up backfiring. Uh, when Henry got stuffed and, and it ended up only being a six-point play. Uh, so 6-6 six, six at that point. And uh, let's see, the Bengals kicked one more field goal before halftime to make it 9-6. And, uh, and yeah, they were they were trying to score, but and it made it a 54-yard field goal after Burrow took a bad third-down sack, which was kind of a recurring... It was like the yeah, talk about game. a person that was generally decently, like not perfectly, but somewhat decently protected. He was on the ground a lot at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, there was at least two occasions where he took a sack on third down that either knocked them out of field goal range or made it a much harder field goal. Luckily, they have a stud rookie kicker in uh, McPherson, oh but God. you don't want to be doing that. <laughs> yeah, but like, like, can we have that kicker? <laughs> He's so, so good. Uh, so fast forward to the fourth quarter. Game was tied at 16 going in. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Burrow, this is where the other place in the notes. Burrow took another sack that was right on the edge of field goal range, and this one did force them to punt instead of potentially adding points. Uh, let's see. The Titans, yeah, the Titans ended up with nine sacks in this game. They sacked Burrow nine times, which is a new... A new team playoff record for them, and it also tied the all-time league record for postseason sacks in a single game. So the Titans got the ball back with about just over two minutes left in the game where Tannehill was picked off again on a tip ball with just 20 seconds left. Uh, and let's see, Joe Burrow found Jamar Chase one more time, got them into field goal range, and then McPherson kicked the game winner from 52 yards out. And, and he was four out of four on the day, and there was a a quote that came out afterwards that before he went on the field for that final kick, he said to his team, looks like we're going, going to the, the championship. championship game, which is just unbelievable confidence. I love it. Yeah. He was just like, I, right, who's ready for this? <laughs> so the Bengals, ready? I'm ready. 
The Bengals win 19 to 16. And uh, I just want to note, if I told you before the game that Joe Burrow would take nine sacks, throw a pick, and zero touchdowns, I don't think you would have picked the Bengals to win. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> they still Because I could defer that as Joe Mixon on the ground getting it. Sure, I guess so. <laughs> but I, I see what you're trying to do there. Okay, thank you. That's all I ask. <laughs> It was actually the Bengals' first road playoff win in franchise history. And they advanced to the AFC Championship game to take on the winner of the final game of the weekend, the Bills at the Chiefs on Sunday night. Oh, yeah. I just want to note that the first three games were all three-point wins (laughs) that ended on a game-winning field goal. Really good close games. It almost seemed like, how could this one even live up to that? But I don't know. You did a pretty damn good job at almost predicting this one. It did, and then some. And yeah, I want to talk about my awesome prediction. And for those who don't believe any of this, I have the text messages to prove it. (laughs) Yeah, so let's get get into that. Uh, Bills at Chiefs, they've played, I think they played last year in the playoffs, right? And the Chiefs won. Yep, and because there was that picture of Stephon Diggs watching the confetti fall on the Chiefs. Mm. So sad. And sad music played in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and these two teams played in the regular season this year, too, a, a game that the Bills won. So, uh, you know, on paper, they look pretty evenly matched. Two of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Two, uh, well, Bills had the best defense in the NFL in the regular season. You wouldn't have known it <laughs> watching this game. But, um, yeah, really evenly matched teams, and it showed. At halftime, it was 14-14. And I remember just looking at the stats and they were almost identical between, you know, passing yards, rushing yards. These teams were really just going at it. And in the, in the second, so yeah, tied at halftime at 14 and they kept trading blows on offense. It really seemed like neither of these quarterbacks could be stopped. And Mahomes was even doing his best Josh Allen impression at time. He had ripped off some big runs. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would argue that this was the best athletic talent display of both quarterbacks because not only did they use the run, not only did they use the pass, they used their legs as well. Anything and everything at their disposal in order to try to make this happen came from both teams. It was like watching mirror images half the time. Yeah, it was just awesome. And it all came to a head with 20, there were 24 points scored between the two teams just in the final two minutes of regulation. And yeah, at one point I texted you uh, just laying out a scenario where it would go to overtime tied and then someone would win on a field goal and it would, it would be another three point walk-off win just like the others. And the chiefs had to go and get a touchdown instead, but, (laughs) and, and ruined it. Uh, I mean, again, close enough. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. that. I appreciate it. Uh, the craziest thing, though, is at the end of the fourth quarter, the Bills kicked a field goal to go up by three with just 13 seconds left. Uh, the Chiefs, Ooh, 13 seconds. Chiefs still had all their timeouts, though, and in just two plays and 10 seconds, uh, Mahomes went 43 yards on passes to Hill and Kelsey. And they, they set up the game-tying field goal that forced overtime. 
And again, I want to note, they did this against the number one defense in Buffalo from the regular season. How about the number one defense giving up the stats to Mr. Gabriel Davis? Yeah, Gabriel Davis, man. I mean, I've, of course, I was aware of him from because of fantasy football, but Stefan Diggs did nothing in this game, and Gabriel Davis caught eight balls for 200 yards and four touchdowns. It's just unbelievable. But That's it's still, a lot of damage. It, it still wasn't enough, though, because in overtime, the Chiefs got the ball first. They just drove right down the field and scored the game-winning touchdown. Um, and I don't know if you noticed this, too. This is the second year in a row that the Chiefs have made, or at least maybe Andy Reid did, made note that both teams, regardless, should get a chance of possession in overtime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just funny that the team that wins is the one that's like, I think both teams should have it. Um, <laughs> let's be realistic, though. This game would probably still be going on. Yeah, yeah, a lot of discussion about that, about what would happen if they adopted the college rules where you just keep getting to oh my keep God. going back and forth. Yeah, That would be hilarious. It was like 145 <laughs> to 142 or something that I sent you. I want to see that so badly. But yeah, the way this game went, it does seem a little bit wrong that the Bills didn't get a chance in overtime. Overall, well, because were... so many times you hear it too, like, oh, and they never touched the ball in the second half. It's like, yeah, yeah. I find that to be a little bold. Overall, there were no, not a single turnover in this game. Ten combined touchdowns. It's just awesome. This, this is the game. This is the game that makes me think, like, how could next week even possibly live up to how Pete. good games were? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're like about we to find out. Like we mentioned before, both number one seeds lost. Uh, road teams went three and one over the weekend. And yeah, what's in store for us next week? Let's take a short break, and then we'll come back and tell you about it. And we're back. To a football here. We're going to break down the conference championship games. So in the NFC, it's going to be the 49ers at Rams. Got to love it when division rivals meet (laughs) this deep into the postseason, especially. It might surprise you. It surprised me to remember that go ahead i'm waiting okay wait for your surprise (laughs) well i was surprised anyway to to remember that the 49ers swept the season series this year against the rams and they've actually won six straight games against their division rivals and five of those have been with jimmy garoppolo at quarterback huh it seems so weird just how, how good the rams have been they were in the super bowl just a few years ago with the Mr. Jared Goff, but the 49ers have had their number. Which number is that? Um, A higher number on the scoreboard. Oh, okay. (laughs) And uh, this is where I didn't finish the notes. You see, I have (laughs) magic breakdown offense. (laughs) Nice. There you go. Well, I think I think it's because the offense for at least the Rams looks very different as compared to the last time these met. I mean, you've got Stafford under center, you've got OBJ added to the lineup here that adds uh, another dimension to it. Yeah, and he's you really Von Miller to the uh, to the defensive line. So, uh, I don't know. I think uh, 
I think my biggest concern is the fumbling issues we saw at Cam Akers. If those get wrapped up, maybe we see another shootout. I don't want to admit it because I can't believe I have to say we lost to Jimmy Garoppolo. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Who probably won't be with the 49ers this season. <laughs> right. But, you know, I don't know. And the Rams just got to focus on one person, Debo Samuel, and there goes their whole offense. That is literally it. It's not that hard. (laughs) But, yeah, I I agree with you. The 49ers are really solid on defense. It sounds like they're going to be fully healthy with uh, with Bosa on the line, Warner, linebacker. They're going to have all their regular starters. Uh, And it's a really good defense. And like you said, yeah, if if it's not Akers fumbling, maybe Stafford – chooses this moment to implode as he has done uh, many times. 17 pick sixes. <laughs> I don't know who their backup is, but we'll see them play in the NFC championship. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, on paper, how could you not go with the Rams? Right. Like you mentioned all the star power they've got on both sides of the ball. And Cooper cup who had an unbelievable season. Beckham triple crown winner. Yep. Beckham, like you said, is has really been integrated into the offense and, and looks it looks like it's working for him and, and for the team. It'll be interesting to see if Akers is sort of benched because Sony Michelle did look really good before Akers came back. So, so I we'll would be what. starting Michelle over that one. I would have benched Akers sooner. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I'm definitely I am taking the Rams. That was my Oh, I also just want to say that in my original playoff bracket, I had three out of these four teams. Correct. Stupid Packers ruined it. And uh, so, yeah, I'll take the Rams to uh, take care of business here. Break the streak of 49er victories against them and, and make it to the Super Bowl. I don't know. My stuff got derailed at this point because of choices and bad decisions. <laughs> uh, but I too am going with the Rams. I just on paper I can't argue what they have. I just have two concerns or three. Can Stafford <laughs> throw to his teammates and not the team, other mm-hmm. opponents? Mm-hmm. Can Akers actually hold on to the ball? And can the Rams defense identify which player is Debo Samuel? <laughs> That's the biggest question of them all. <laughs> All right, then in the AFC, it will be the Bengals at the Chiefs. These teams also played each other in the regular season, week 17. A thrilling 34-31 last-second win by the Bengals, uh, who are at home for that matchup. With the Chiefs being the higher seed, the rematch will take place in Kansas City. With a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. No way. (laughs) Here, I did actually do a little bit of... uh, I see that. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So let's talk about the offenses first. Got two young quarterbacks at pretty much the height of their powers. Joe Burrow in year two, uh, the way he finished the season just looked incredible. Uh, He hasn't had the same kind of success so far in the playoffs, but you could argue he played against some pretty good defenses in the scrappy Raiders and the uh, rebuilt Titans secondary. I do think things get a little bit easier for him this week in terms of the Chiefs' defense. Um, But, yeah, they both have great weapons for the Chiefs. Everyone knows this by now. It's Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, 
throw in a little Byron Pringle. I was gonna say you can't forget the uh, the container of chips. Right, you got a you got a sandwich, you got a lunch going. Um, Nicole Hardman even did something last week against the Bills. He ran in. I think it was the way you game. say that sounds like he doesn't do anything, but he doesn't. He, he's, he's so fast and he has so much potential, but no, he, he usually doesn't do anything. Well, it's not necessarily his fault because they're the whole Chiefs offense is like, give it to Kelsey and Hill. If we can't, we're going to run it with a CEH. That's fair. Yeah, CEH back was fully healthy too. And then uh, uh, similarly star-studded are the Bengals offense with probably the rookie of the year, Jamar Chase, um, alongside Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins in that receiving core, plus Joe Mixon out of the backfield. These are both absolutely stacked offenses. But... Where I see the Bengals having the weak the weakness here is their offensive line. They've got some injuries there, as we all know and they just talked about. They allowed nine sacks last week. That's not going to cut it against this team. <laughs> yeah, no. If your quarterback is on the ground more than uh, putting the ball up in the air, that's going to be a little problematic. Yep. And the Chiefs, as we know, completely rebuilt their offensive line after the Super Bowl debacle of last season. Um, so they're looking much stronger in that regard. On the defensive side, the Bengals have played great defense through their first two playoff games. They've forced five turnovers total uh, in those two games and are allowing an average of just 17 points. Obviously, those are against much lesser challenges than what they'll face in the Chiefs, who we saw what they just did to what was the number one defense all year. Yeah. But I do think the Bengals have the stronger side there on defense. The Chiefs haven't been nearly as good. Really streaky during the regular season and in the playoffs. They've been giving up 29 points a game in their, between their two playoff games. And they've only forced one turnover, which has been an issue for them all season, is big plays on defense, sacks and turnovers. They don't do a ton of those. Or they, don't, they don't force a ton of those. Also concerning for them is safety Tyron Matthew, uh, had a concussion during last week's game and may or may not be be back, which would which would hurt too. Yeah, nothing like a dizzy honey badger. Right. So uh yeah, I don't know. Overall, I'd say the offenses are, I mean, of course, you give the edge to Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. Uh, Bengals have a better defense, but how much does it matter when you're going up against this unstoppable juggernaut? Well, oh, I mean, yeah, there ahead. is truth to the point of you know, defenses win championships, don't forget. Yeah, tell that to the Bills. <laughs> oh. Okay, and then there's Patrick Mahomes. But I would argue that other than experience, these offenses are pretty evenly matched. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And this uh, this side of the bracket is the way I foresaw it in my original prediction, Bengals at Chiefs. And I, I took the Bengals, so I'm going to stick with that. They beat them once this season, barely. I think we will see some fireworks once again uh, in terms of offense in this game. And, um, my uh, bra- yeah. Oh, sorry. Bengals find a way. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, my bracket had the Chiefs winning this and going to the Super Bowl against Green Bay. Apparently that's not happening. Rip. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> and it's a weird situation because, you know, sticking with the bracket, I'm going to root for the Bengals. I never thought I'd say those words at any point. <laughs> Um, because it's hard not to for this kid who you know have missed a whole season last year with the torn ACL comes back and he's in this point now, right? Um, 
but it's my home. So I'm selecting Kansas City to advance to face the Rams in the Super Bowl. But Cincinnati, I'll be rooting for you. <laughs> yep, that is the that's the logical <clears throat> take. <laughs> the safe bet. Yep. So yeah, sorry, I was just pulling up the, the Vegas lines. The Chiefs are seven oh. point favorites at home. And uh, the Rams are three and a half point favorites. Yeah, that's respectable. In general, I agree with the 49ers Rams. Could be closer, but I can also see this being a close game that comes down to a last second field goal or touchdown. I hope it does because, I mean, I hope it's an overtime game. (laughs) They're going to have to both be overtime games to live up to what we saw this past weekend. Jeez. Right? All right, so that's it for today's show. Uh, Matt, thank you for staying up late to to record this. Anything for you. (laughs) Oh, heart. And uh, so next time, hopefully we will be back with you next week and we will, of course, recap these games, do a brief Super Bowl preview, give some quick thoughts. And then I want to start talking about fantasy football from this past year. We'll probably look at, let's say, the top 10 from each position and talk about surprises, biggest, um, you know, busts and breakout performances, stuff like that. Oh, those are a lot of big words. Yeah, break out the dictionary. <laughs> uh, all right. Yep. I'm going to have to go get my thinking hat now. And uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Enjoy the conference championships. There are only three games left to this season. So let's make the most of them. Enjoy, have fun, celebrate, and let's go. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.